Welcome to this recorded service for Sunday the 2nd of May 2021, which is the fifth Sunday of Easter this year. Uh, My name is Peter Walker. Uh, The readings are by Phil Cornelius and the prayers by Alan Stephen. And I'm pleased to say that we have a sermon this week by Bishop John. The music, as usual, is by the St Martin's Singers. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We sing our opening hymn, Alleluia, Alleluia, hearts to heaven and voices raise. scattered physically, we come together online in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving 
to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. Christ died to sin once for all, and now he lives to God. Let us renew our resolve to have done with all that is evil and confess our sins in penitence and faith. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for this Sunday. Risen Christ, your wounds declare your love for the world and the wonder of your risen life. Give us compassion and courage to risk ourselves for those we serve to the glory of God the Father. Amen. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer was silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotos and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea.
We're going to have our next hymn now, uh, perhaps not so well known, but it's a nice one. Uh, Love is his word, love is his way. Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch shall bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus said, the words I have spoken are spirit and life. And so we pray that his word, the word of God in Christ, will come to life 
in our lives and bear fruit for his glory. Amen. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. It's an image of great closeness. In fact, it, it couldn't be closer, the vine and the branches. The branches sharing in the very life of the vine. An image of closeness, of connectedness, of intimacy. Abide in me, says Jesus, live in me, make your home in me, and I will make my home in you. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. So Jesus inviting us into his very life. Paul, in his epistles, uses the phrase en Christo, in Christ, again and again, I believe 55 times. And that is his core description of Christian identity. The Christian is one who lives in Christ and one in whom Christ lives, Christ in us, Paul also writes. But fruitless branches, the Father, Jesus says, will remove, they're no good. But fruitful branches uh, need pruning. When we are fruitful in the cause of the kingdom, when we are fruitful in our life of discipleship, that is uh, never enough in one sense. We need constantly to be brought home, to be brought back, to be pruned, to be cleansed. Jesus is not, in this passage, telling us to bear fruit. He is telling us, calling us, inviting us to abide in him, to live in him. That is the first thing. The fruit will then follow. Abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves, ahead of God, by uh, doing things, by uh, doing e even good things, but these things not flowing out of that deep relationship with God in Christ. That is, is primary, it's what uh, Jesus calls the one thing necessary. And who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ, will release in us and through us fruitfulness for his glory. And sometimes we can get tempted to believe that we are the builders uh, that uh, my life is mine, our life is ours, and the church is ours. 
that is a temptation we often fall into. I remember when I chaired PCCs, I would quite often say, well, you will have your thoughts about this topic of discussion and I will have mine, but uh, it may be that God's thoughts, which are as high above our thoughts as the heavens above the earth, uh, may not be your thoughts and mine. So let's pray that uh, we will think God's thoughts and be open to letting go of our thoughts. In the same way, we are not the builders of the church. Peter writes, come to him, the living stone, and let yourselves be built. Let yourselves be built. It is, it is God's work. We are not our own. You are no longer your own, writes Paul, but God's. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So what might it mean to abide, yes, but how, in Christ? Well, surely it has to mean, because the imagery is entirely about relationship. So it has to be about prayer, prayer at the heart, because prayer is the expression of relationship. So to be rooted and grounded in Christ, to abide in Christ, we need, we need to have that relationship with Christ. And that relationship is primarily forged through prayer. And of course, there's lots of different ways of praying, all of which uh, are good, all of which uh, that are scriptural are, are good, including the prayer of asking, including the prayer of confessing and repenting. These are all uh, signs of our uh, dependence on God's grace and mercy and a good thing. But another dimension of prayer, which is also important, indeed perhaps uh, essential, is the prayer of self-offering, offering our lives back to God, indeed offering the, the church's life back to God, because we, we cannot build the church, but we can make ourselves available as living stones to God to do his work in us, and through us together. So abiding in Christ certainly means prayer, and prayer in our set times, the discipline of prayer is so important, but also to have prayer woven through, uh, through each day, through the circumstances of each day. Pray at all times, Paul writes. Because Christ is with us, Christ is in us, so... Uh, we don't have to be somewhere else or behave in a particular kind of way in order to grow that relationship with Christ. So prayer. But more than prayer, Jesus says to his disciples, you have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. It's the same word as pruned, cleansed in, in the New Testament. You have already been cleansed, Jesus says, by the word I have spoken. So in order to be fully open to the life-giving, 
fruit-bearing, uh, living God in Christ. We need to be uh, yielded to him. We need to be hungry for, for, for the truth of God's word. You have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to. So in order not to go into the default mode of, as Cramer put it, we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts, the default mode of self-will or God on my terms, we need to be rooted not only in prayer but in the word of God. Let the word of Christ, Paul writes, dwell in you richly. We need to be inhabited by the word of God and for the word of God to uh, inhabit us, Christ's word in us, so that it feeds us from within as well as um, challenging us and turning us and influencing us to be uh, more in line with God's will. So the prayer of self-giving, and actually that prayer is at the heart of the Lord's Prayer. The prayer of trusting our lives to God's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not mine. It's not about uh, my building my kingdom or my vision of God's kingdom. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. That is in itself a prayer of surrender. And so it's important, I think, when we can not only to be saying the Lord's Prayer, but to be inhabiting it, to be praying the Lord's Prayer so that as we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, uh, we, that is coming from our heart and uh, our wills, a trusting of ourselves to God. And so reading the word is to allow God to change us, allow our thoughts to be more in tune with his thoughts and our will with, with his will. And you remember in the, it's called the high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed before he was handed over, before he was betrayed. He prays, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And it is then, as we abide in, in Christ, that uh, our lives uh, become vessels of his healing grace, of his, his love, of his purposes, of his compassion. And we then are more alert to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And thinking of Philip and the Ethiopian in, in today's uh, wonderful reading, Philip, alert to the promptings of the Spirit. Luke tells us uh, in Acts that he was prompted by an angel, an angel is a messenger of God. How alert are we to God's messages in the midst of our everyday life? I'm sure you've heard of uh, the story of William Temple being interviewed by a skeptical journalist about prayer. He was talking about the difference prayer makes uh, and that prayer does change things. And a, a journalist said, well, that's just coincidence. And he responds, well, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. 
Each of us uh, has a unique vocation. Not one of us is more important than anyone in, in is less important than, than anyone or more important than anyone. And each of us has a, a unique vocation. And, and God is the God of the ordinary. How alert are we in the ordinary of our day, in the encounters that we have to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Philip's encounter with the Ethiopian, he was the right person at the right time in the right place. I was talking to a hospital chaplain uh, a couple of days ago, and she was saying uh, that the team pray uh, quite often, Lord, um, bring before us the people you want us to engage with today. It's not a bad prayer for each of us. Philip meets him where he is, and this is what we need to do. This is how God has met us. And he travels with, with him, like Jesus traveling with uh, Clopas and his companion. And also, as Jesus, uh, Philip unfolds the scriptures, the passage in Isaiah. And it is in that unfolding of the word of God that the Ethiopian is brought to a place of um, decision. Is there anything to stop me being baptized? So as we thank God for accompanying us in our journeys and guiding us and unfolding the scriptures through the Spirit to us, let us pray that we too may be uh, Christ to others, accompanying those that God has given us in our daily lives or someone new we might meet tomorrow, uh, meeting them where they are, alert to God's promptings in our heart that uh, our lives being rooted in Christ, abiding in Christ, will bear fruit in the ordinary circumstances of our lives, thus making them extraordinary in God's good and glorious purposes. And to him be the glory in our lives, in his world, now and in all eternity. Amen. Let us declare our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now Alan's going to lead us in our prayers. Lord, we, your gathered people, come before you in supplication. Jesus Christ, our Saviour, intercede for us as we pray for unity in all things. We pray for the government of Lebanon, for wise leadership to relieve the dreadful suffering of the people and for peaceful lives to be secured for all of the citizens. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Abba Father, we plead to you for the relief of suffering in India. May the nations of the world unite in generosity to provide the aid that is needed to combat COVID. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray that the leaders of Russia and China will draw back from internal and external conflict. Prompt them to extend their hands in friendship within their nations to those who differ in opinion and to do likewise to the nations beyond their borders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the United Kingdom, that the peoples of England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland may always dwell in peace with one another and pursue a common purpose for the well-being of life on these small islands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive our prayer, Lord, for those who live married lives. We ask that, despite the pressures of modern living, couples reside together in love with one another, and where there are children, that they too are embraced to make whole and loving families. God of wisdom, help us to be better caretakers of our own bodies, to understand that we must eat, drink and exercise to promote our own good health. Teach us not to neglect the welfare of our minds, but to seek learning, occupations and relationships that stimulate our mental health for the better. Where there is sickness now, we ask for your healing hand to reach out and aid recovery according to your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, please keep the brethren of your churches together in unity. Encourage us to put our differences aside so that we can effectively praise you with one mind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide us, Lord, in the path of discipleship, so that, as you have blessed us, we may be a blessing to others, bringing the promise of the kingdom near by our words and deeds. Merciful Father, 
accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn, O Jesus, I have promised to serve thee to the end.
the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.